Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. The last year has been challenging time for everyone, people of faith and people of none. As Christians, we've not been immune from the impact of the pandemic. All communities have faced the challenge of the virus and of lockdowns. It's been a time when communities like Riverside Church have risen to the challenge to help those in need. The impact of the virus has been particularly hard on the NHS and care homes. Sadly, many lives have been lost and grieving has been made more unbearable due to the restrictions placed on funeral attendance. I took part in a Zoom funeral service for Jean Gardner, who was a member of our church. It was tragic to see just two family members in the crematorium chapel. Other family members took part via Zoom. We've all seen the graphic images and deeply emotional reporting on how the NHS has struggled to care for so many ill patients. Doctors and nurses have been continually under pressure and they continue to be under pressure. At the same time, people have lost their jobs and many are also on extended furlough, struggling financially, physically and mentally. Businesses have closed and the high street has been decimated. Societal change has been huge and some of these changes may not be fully reversed. Commuting five days a week may be consigned to history. Online shopping has advanced 10 years in the last 12 months. Going back to normal will look different of that, I'm sure. It's been a worrying time for all of us, myself included. In the first lockdown, local infection rates were low and Angela and I were happy to volunteer to deliver food parcels and grow baby supplies. Making deliveries on behalf of Riverside added meaning and purpose in a time when we were confined to home. However, as the second wave hit and the Kent variant, not something our county really wants to be associated with, started to rise, my anxiety increased. Infections were sharply increasing and Angela and I decided to step back from volunteering in the pantry project. Our faith in and of itself is not a barrier to the virus. Pastors of some churches, mainly in the USA, have rejected social distancing, mask wearing and even gathering together. Their congregations have paid a price in lost lives and sometimes they've even lost their own. What should our response be as a faith community? How should we deal with the issues that arise in a pandemic? None of us are immune from worry. And often it's right to worry. As Christians, though, how do we face worry? Being a Christian and worrying can bring about feelings of guilt. Is my worrying a lack of faith? How can I be a Christian and be overwhelmed with worry? We're going to explore this topic and I hope it will help us to prepare as we emerge from lockdown. Now, worry is being aware of circumstances or events that could negatively affect our lives or the lives of those we love or care for. It was right and is still right to worry about someone in your household who's had to be shielded. 
This worry is real and present day in, day out. The fear of bringing the virus into the home has put enormous mental and emotional pressure on families and loved ones. Other examples would be worrying about an elderly parent or relative in a care home, a family member losing their job or livelihood, worrying about travelling to work on public transport, worrying about symptoms but not going to see the doctor or going to the hospital. These are not transient worries, they've been with us for over a year now. Such worries challenge our physical and mental and spiritual resilience. We can have mood swings, it's a common symptom, depression, down days or even down weeks, a sense of feeling hopeless. And worry can exacerbate these feelings. The corona stone has entered into our language. Social skills have become rusty. I've had some kind of anxiety type dreams where I come back to church and I see somebody that I've missed and I think to myself, wow, they've let themselves go, only to realise I've spoken out loud. I've lost my head voice. Now, I'm sure that won't happen in reality, and I'm glad I belong to a community of grace. Well, here's hoping anyway. Worry can be habitual, and with any extended period of worry, we may need to reset our thinking and our behaviour patterns. For many, the recovery will be swift. The successful rollout of the vaccine is reducing worrying and anxiety by the day. For others, the relaxing of restrictions increases a sense of anxiety. Recovery from worry may be slow and a painful process. We need to understand a bit more about worry before we look at the, what the Bible has to say about it. Now, there are two types of worry which can help explain why we can get trapped into a cycle of worry. F- these are solvable worries and floating worries. Learning to distinguish between these worries is the first step towards dealing with them. Solvable worries are typically about problems that are happening now and have a solution now or at some point in the future. The worry may be big or small. Some years ago, I was on a first aid training course and they needed a volunteer to lay on the floor to be put into the recovery position. So I duly got down and the trainer rolled me onto my side, put my leg into the recovery position and then went to move my arm. It wouldn't go and it certainly wouldn't stay where he put it. He told me to stop messing around. Who, me? Messing around? Anyway, I got up and I discovered at the back of the top of my shoulder blade a lump. Now, finding lumps in the body is not a good thing. I was worried it could be a tumour, a cancerous tumour, of course. There was a solution. Make an appointment to see my doctor. The wait was an anxious time, but the action of making the appointment relieved the worry to some extent. Now the lump is still there, but it's nothing to worry about, which is a good thing. Here's the thing though, I could have let the worry grow. I could have stewed on it. I could have gone into a negative cycle of what if. I could have ignored it altogether. Avoiding actions for a solvable worry only prolongs the agony. The mind doesn't forget. And the stress can be mental, physical and emotional. In Proverbs 6, we're exhorted not to put off what we can do immediately. And it was ben Franklin, Benjamin Franklin who said, do not put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Now this is good advice. Putting off taking action is 
what we call procrastination. And it's not healthy. And it can be deadly. However, knowing, taking some action, may result in knowledge that isn't always good news. You see, life is full of uncertainty, and we'll deal with that a bit later. The other type of worry is called floating worries. These float around in our minds, and we all experience these from time to time. They can become persistent. Then they begin to affect us and how we live our lives. This type of worry has no immediate or obvious solution. The best identifier of floating worry is the phrase, what if? The key issue now is how persistent are these worries? Are they occasional or are they longer lasting? Do they take over your day or your night? Do they stop you from sleeping? Worries will turn over the what if worries for an extended period of time. And they then become pessimistic and they don't think anything can ever change and they'll never stop worrying. Fortunately, God is in the business of transformation and he's very much wanting to help you move out of worry into a place of assurance and peace. God is our loving Heavenly Father who wants the best for us and is always there for us no matter what we feel. The Bible doesn't have very many verses about worry. There are lots of verses about fear and not being afraid. And of course, fear can be the result of excessive worry. But the most famous verses that we're going to look at about worry are in Matthew 6, which is part of Jesus' teaching called the Sermon on the Mount. And this is what it says. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothings. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Now, if you're a worrier, these are challenging verses indeed. Jesus says, do not worry. Now, this is not surprising. I don't think Jesus would teach, it's okay to worry a bit. But the context of these verses is important to understand. Otherwise, it can leave us feeling guilty and worried that we're not obeying Jesus. Worrying about not stopping to worry is not what Jesus wants for us. In the previous verses, Jesus teaches us how we should pray. And he starts by saying, Our Father who is in heaven, holy be your name. And the word Father is the intimate expression of a child calling out to its dad. 
Jesus is saying that we can have the same intimate and loving relationship with God, the Father, as he has. Jesus lived a worry-free life because he knew his Father's love and affirmation. He knew his Father's power. That is why he could sleep through a storm. He was sure that his Father would watch over him in all the difficulties of everyday life. And Jesus invites us into that relationship. And Jesus came and he died upon a cross so that we could enter into that relationship. We could return to the Father. We could turn away from disobedience and independent living because those things prevent us from being in the right relationship with our Father. Jesus took all our wrongdoings on himself so that we are made right with God. He swapped our imperfection for his perfection. And we become righteous and without fault before God. So when Jesus says don't worry, he's inviting us to trust the Father he trusts. He knows the power that the Father has, the power to provide all our needs. Give us this day our daily bread is not just about food. Our Father knows what we need and is more than willing to provide for us. He also knows our wants, but he makes no commitment to supply them. Now, trusting God doesn't mean to say that we just sit around and wait for manna to drop from heaven. Paul writes in his letter where some Christians had stopped working because they thought Jesus was coming back. And Paul contemns that attitude. You should do what is necessary and possible to meet your daily needs, trusting that God is there for you. And Jesus tells us in these verses how much we are valued by our Heavenly Father. We are the most valued thing in all creation. We have been made in his image. Now that image has been marred and distorted by our choosing to live our own way, but that distortion has been put right by Jesus. Our Father now sees us as we're truly meant to be, and his love for us knows no bounds. He cannot but provide for us because he loves us. You are truly loved beyond anything that you can ever know, understand or believe. Jesus also points out that worry doesn't change anything. Worry doesn't increase your lifespan. Quite the opposite. You can worry yourself to death, literally. We can convince ourselves that worrying will stop something from happening. If I worry about my family's safety, that will keep them safer. We begin begin to believe all kinds of lies like this to justify worrying. Now, has anybody told you not to worry? Did it help? If you're a worrier, then that is the last thing you want to hear. So if Jesus tells us not to worry, then of course that makes it easier. Mm. Experience tells me that far from making it easier, it just adds a layer of guilt when we worry. But Jesus knows that the reason we worry is that we want total security. We want to feel in control. Now, during the lockdown period, perhaps like Andrew and I, you've put in places routines and rhythms that have helped you cope. These are good things, but they can become a cocoon that you've wrapped yourself in to stay safe. Now, emerging from this cocoon and breaking out of those routines will be scary for some. The isolation has brought control and security. 
uncertainty has been reduced and eliminated. But that's not the way to live the abundant life that Jesus promised. Look, to slowly change the routines as the rules change. Those routines kept you safe, but now it's becoming the time to embrace some risk and uncertainty back into your life. Do these things as the Holy Spirit leads you and trusting that the Father will love you and keep you safe as you move forward. Jesus understands our need for control and certainty, but he also knows that it's impossible. So he gives us two ways to overcome worry, which is very helpful. Firstly, seek the kingdom of God, or as the message puts it, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Seek God's purpose for your life every day. Be part of the kingdom coming. Be part of God's story bringing change. He wants you to join in and be part of that story. Look for ways to bring the good news of the kingdom to anyone God puts in your way. Make that your focus. Make bringing the kingdom into other people's lives the focus of what you do day by day. And as we begin to focus on releasing the power of the kingdom, of witnessing for Jesus and living for him, then the worries that we have will begin to recede. Being part of something bigger, knowing that we're significant in God's story, can have an amazing impact on how we see ourselves. Seeking God's good and perfect will means that we need to refocus our lives, stop thinking about ourselves, have our mindsets changed so that we live the lives pleasing to him. As we focus on the kingdom, Jesus promises we will not lose out. Being in the centre of God's will for us is the righteousness that Jesus is talking about. The focus on living with right with God is a way for us to reduce our worry. And when the going gets tough, Jesus says, I am with you there in the storm. Believe also that God wants to set you free from excessive worry. He wants to transform you because he loves you. Paul in Ephesians talks about being saved, not only to become part of God's family, but also to accomplish works that he has prepared for you to do. Works that only you can do. And working in God's kingdom, though, is challenging. It involves risk. It requires faith. When prompted by the Holy Spirit, we step out, take a risk. Now, someone I knew was very ill. And I went to visit him. He was effectively unconscious and I felt prompted to pray a releasing prayer. In the early hours, he passed on to be with Jesus. His son phoned me to tell me. Now, I was due to go to a meeting in Gravesend, so I set out. But as I approached Brenly Corner, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, turn round, go back. So I came up onto the roundabout, turned round and headed back. And just as I drew up at the son's house, he arrived. 
It was truly a God moment, and I was there for him when he needed it. God knew his need and sent me. Faith is not the certainty of a safe, untroubled life. It is a hope that is certain, an assurance that God truly, deeply loves us more than we could ever know. We can be certain that we can cast all our cares and worries on him because he cares for us. And that's what Peter wrote in his book, 1 Peter 5 verse 7. Now secondly, in dealing with worry, Jesus says this in verse 34, again in the message. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. And Jesus is saying, be focused on the present. Today is God's present to you. We can miss so much of what God is doing by focusing on the past which we cannot change or worrying about the future over which we have no control. Learning to live in the presence of God takes a lifetime. We have so many distractions and worries, but the better place is to cultivate that daily conversation with God. It's a dialogue that we need to practice. Brother Lawrence wrote a book, he's a monk, and he wrote a book called The Practicing the Presence of God. It's challenging to to see where God is at in the mundane things of life, but he is there and we should look for him and experience his presence. Jesus is also saying, look at the solvable worries that you have today and deal with them. Leave the floating worries where they belong in tomorrow. These worries may never happen, but if they do, God will be there to provide what you need. We're not immune from trouble, and Jesus tells us that in our lives in this world, we will experience trouble. The good news is that Jesus has overcome the troubles of this world, including death, and that is deeply reassuring. Living the Christian faith means that we acknowledge this truth, that we choose to put our trust in our loving Heavenly Father. We trust that he'll watch over us and provide our needs. His roadmap for our life, your life, is the best that it can be. To deal with solvable worries, we sometimes need wisdom or the help of a friend. As a church community, we're here for you if you have worries and problems that you're struggling with. But of course, it takes courage to ask for help. What if I'm rejected? What if I'm thought less of? These are the types of worries that could paralyse you and cause you to miss out on God's grace and love expressed through others. I believe in the Riverside community that it will not be a place of harm, but of good. A place to find acceptance and understanding. So take a deep breath, pick up the phone, or if you can, arrange to go for a walk with someone you trust. And Riverside community... If someone approaches you with a worry that sounds trivial to you, be non-judgmental, be gracious, be a listener, an encourager. If you have wisdom, share it gently. If the worry is not solvable, help that person to accept the uncertainty of the future and promise to stand with them in prayer. Now, if you're a worrier, let me tell you a story. Many years ago, there was a series of characters called The Mr. Men. One of them was Mr. Worry, 
<clears throat> now he worried about everything. If it rained, he'd worry about the roof would leak. If it didn't rain, he'd worry his flowers would die. He worried about going to the shops that they would be closed and when he got there he'd forget something and when he walked home he'd lose something and the worries went on and on and on. And one day he meets a wizard who promises that he would prevent from happening all Mr. Worry's worries. So Mr. Worry makes a long, 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 long list. It took him all night. The next day the wizard comes round and takes the list. No more worries for you, Mr. Worry. And for the first time in his life, Mr. Worry stopped frowning and smiled. He slept like a baby, and the next day he was joyful. So it was the same for the next day, and the day after that. But then, on the day after that, he woke up with a frown. And as he was out walking, he bumped into the wizard, who said, Why are you frowning? What are you worrying about? Well, said Mr. Worry, I worry that I don't have anything to worry about. Now, the lesson from this is that worry is a part of life, but it doesn't have to control you. Worries have a purpose, and we need to accept those we can solve. Floating worries should not dominate us or bind us. And Jesus shows us the way out of excessive worry. So as we follow the roadmap out of lockdown, let us redouble our efforts to seek first the kingdom of God and to be in the right place doing the right thing to see the kingdom come. Let us break out of the cocoon and safe routines when it's right to do so. Let us commit to dealing with today's solvable problems, not putting them off. And let us emerge as a church full of love and grace for each other, a people led by the Holy Spirit to embrace uncertainty as we step out to do the things we're called to do. Let us admit the truth that worries about an uncertain future will not change anything. Our worrying adds nothing, and floating worries prevent us from enjoying God today. Seeking his kingdom, seeking to be in his presence day by day, seeking to dwell in his love. There is love, peace and joy for us as we let go of our worries and trust in the Father that Jesus put his trust in. Let's just pray for a moment. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit to come. Close your eyes and open your hands by way of receiving. You may just want to control your breathing a little and breathe in and with the words G and then breathe out thus. G thus. I feel the Holy Spirit calming your mind and settling your spirit. Feel the presence of God with you, bringing peace and comfort. What worries and anxieties you have, bring them to him now. Let him take those. And just feel the Spirit lift you the lightness comes upon you and you sense the peace that passes all understanding. And may you stand under the waterfall of God's love 
and may it cascade over you, not only cleansing you, but refreshing you and renewing you for the days ahead. And may God bless us all. If you want more information about how to be free from excessive worry, I would recommend The Worry Book by Will Van de Hart and Rob Waller. It's been helpful for me in the preparation of this sermon, and it may help you if you find worry a challenge. God bless. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside. <laughs>